Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I look forward to doing this every week. I love jumping on the mic here and talking to all of you. And today we're going to be talking about six things that I did to increase my income over time. And that is the key word there, over time. And we're going to dive in, and I'm going to give you these these six things that I know are going to be really helpful for you if you haven't implemented these things in your business already. But I also wanted to just talk about something else really quickly before we dive into the episode. And that is this thing that happens to entrepreneurs, which is that... um, you get comfortable with what you're doing and then you have a new idea, right? And I don't know about you, but I I have a lot of ideas, right? Like, in fact, if I acted on every single idea, I think my business would be really disorganized and very chaotic. Um, but I'm constantly getting ideas and I like to sit with them and think about you know, like the practicality of the ideas. I used to be much more of a jumper of someone that just like had an idea and I'd go for it. But now I really try to strategically think about like, okay, what would this look like for me? How many hours would this take for me to complete? How many hours would this take for my assistant to help me with? Shout out to Kat. She's amazing. You know, how, how much work would this actually take on the front end, on the implementation end, and then also into the future? And it brings up a lot, right? And when I come up with an idea, I'm usually in like a very high vibe, excited place. Like I feel creative and I'm, I, I'm so excited about this new idea. And then what sometimes happens is if it's a really, really big idea and I know it's a big idea and I also know it's an idea that's like really right for me if immediately I start making up all of the excuses as to why I can't do it. Because if it's like an idea that I know is a comp- like like something that I know I can accomplish, then I go into the, the other space, right? Of like thinking about how many hours it would take me, thinking about how many hours it would take Kat, like thinking about what the implementation would be like. But if it's a really big idea, it's almost like I get this like paralyzed feeling where I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no way I could do that. And I used to not know this about myself, but I actually recognize now that that is a big red flag for me to stop and investigate the idea. Because if I immediately panic when I have an idea, what that actually means is that it's a really good idea. And it often means that it's an idea that's going to take me to that next huge level. And I talked about this a little bit um, on one of the recent episodes of just something that I'm, I'm not totally willing to share all of the details, but it's it's this big idea and it's probably going to come to fruition and, and I'll be talking a lot more about it in the coming weeks. It's probably going to come to fruition at the beginning of 2024 when I will present it officially to the world. And I promise that actually you all here on the podcast, like you in the Facebook group, you in the podcast, you on my email list, you will all be the first to know um, because you are all the ones that I keep in mind when I'm when I have exciting news that I want to update people with. You know, it's all of you. And so you will definitely know, you know, before anyone else knows, but I just... I've been feeling terrified (laughs) 
And I just wanted to share that with all of you because I think it's so easy to like look at people. I do this all the time. Like I look at people that are ahead of me and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's not a struggle at all. And you know, you just, everything is perfect. And once you reach this goal, everything comes together. And thankfully a lot of the people that I follow and that I have in my world are really authentic and honest and open about the struggles that they have. Um, but it's easy to think that other people that you know, are doing things that you want to do aren't having struggles, but it's caused like, I had this idea and it's caused a little bit of an existential crisis for me where I'm just like questioning, like, what am I even doing? Can I do this? And ultimately it all comes back to your why. And so this is the heart of what I wanted to share with you. I used to, when I first started teaching and I was like fresh out, well, this was like through college and grad school. And when I was fresh out of grad school, my why was that I wanted music education to be fun and exciting and meaningful for all of the people that took piano lessons. Right. And that was my why at that time. And so when I crafted my brand, when I created my marketing, like when I interacted with students, that was always my goal. And that was what drove me and what I was passionate about. And that why has expanded. And so I wanted to give you a little takeaway before we even dive into the big takeaways of, of what we're talking about this, this week. And I wanted you to think about what your why is and what your why used to be maybe when you first started out versus what it is now. And what is the why that is really deep within you that maybe you can't even quite admit to yourself? Because this is where I think this story kind of like um, came to a head for me is that I had this idea and I realized that it actually hits on a much deeper why that I have. So one of my deeper whys is that I have always really wanted to figure out a way that I could help people and specifically women change their lives for the better. I'm talking financially. I'm talking about education wise. I'm talking about in like real ways that would impact your entire life. And there have been so many people along my journey that have done this for me, um, from like, you know, my favorite piano professor in college to different business coaches that I've had, even to just people that I follow on Instagram, um, that have really given me advice or imparted me with wisdom that has genuinely and tactically changed my life. And I want to do that for people. Right. And that's actually like that for a long time, that was like a deep seated why that I couldn't even admit to myself, let alone to other people. But this idea that I have been crunching on over the last couple of weeks and months, it's an idea that directly achieves that why. Right. It helps me stand in that why and actually realize that why and hopefully help a bunch of people. So I want to encourage you to think about what your why is right now. And do you have a why? that you can't admit to yourself or that you haven't ever said out loud or that you've never said to someone else? And if so, what is it? And I'm not asking you to like, go think about the, the idea that's going to solve that why, or think about the idea that's going to get you there, but just make more space for that. Why let it be present. Maybe start to journal about it. Maybe start to admit it to yourself. Maybe share it with a friend and just let it take up space right? Because while I've been going through this process that feels really painful and kind of like a rebirth, it's also really, really, really exciting because I know that if I can, you know, like have an idea and execute an idea that helps me fulfill that greater why, that it's not going to be effort lost. It's not going to be a waste of time. It's actually going to be probably one of the most rewarding things that I will do. So I just wanted to share that with you because I want to be honest and open about what's going on. And I want to encourage you to think about what that higher level why is. What is your why now? And maybe your why now is your higher level why. But if it's not, give some thought and some time to what your higher level why is. 
Okay, let's dive in. Today we're going to be talking about six things that I have done over time to increase my income. And I wanted to do this episode because I've done a couple of episodes about income and money and finances. And I I did an episode about, um, you know, how to like quickly increase your income. And I wanted to do this episode because there's definitely a distinction when you're thinking about ways that you can make money. There's a distinction that I want you to make. And you can start by asking yourself a few questions before you make any choices and dive in to the things that you're going to do to increase your income right? And we will talk about the six things. And in these six things, I'm going to give you advice and tips and things like that. But these two questions that I really want you to consider as we're going through these six tips and as you go forward in your business are one, is this something that will increase my income in the short term, but potentially in the long term, it might take a lot of energy or time. And potentially you're actually just trading hours for dollars. Okay, so that's the first question, and I'll elaborate on that in a second. And the second question is, is this something that will continually into the future increase my income? And potentially, like if I go three years in the future, it might even increase my income more than it would increase it right now today. And the reason these questions are so important is because one, they really tactically help you sort through like what is good for you right now versus what is good for you in the future. And that's always an important like life question, right? Because if I only make decisions about what is good for me right now, then all of my meals are going to include like chocolate or ice cream. And that is not good for me in the future. That's not good for me tonight when I'm trying to go to sleep. That's not good for me tomorrow when I wake up and I feel groggy, right? And so that question of like, is this something that is helpful now, but what does it look like in the future is a very, very, very helpful question that will bring you a lot of clarity. Now, I, I, it's also helpful for a lot of other reasons, and we'll dive deeper into it as we go through these six ways. But the, I did an episode on this. I did an episode, I think it's episode number 13 that you can go back and listen to. I talked about trading money for dollars versus scaling. And that is the distinction between the two, right? Like trading money for dollars is like where you are when you're just like, okay, I taught you for one hour and you paid me X amount of dollars versus I created this thing that will make me money maybe now or maybe in a couple months, but also forever, indefinitely into the future. So an example of this would be like something that um, is is the number one, like the short-term strategy of increasing your money right now, but potentially not being the best choice for you in the future is taking on any student just because you need more money right now, right? And I've done this before. Like I totally get it. I've been guilty of this over and over and over again in the past. And I know this is something that a lot of teachers struggle with. You need money right now, this month. And so you just put out a big broadcast of like, I'm accepting students. And the first person that walks through the door, you take them on as a student. Now it does solve the short-term problem. You do need money right now. And it solves that problem. And I get that. And there are definitely times in our business and seasons in our lives where we have to do this, right? We're going to have to do things that maybe aren't ultimately what we want to do long-term, but that solve a problem right now that really needs to be solved. And if you need money right now, I get it. But then think about that student in the future three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, if it's not the right fit. And if it's just a student that you took on because you needed money, how much extra time and energy and resources is going to take for you to continue teaching this student over time? Because I actually look at that maybe financially in the first month, it's a gain. But then for me, the way that I think about like money, time, energy, the next month, it becomes a little bit of a loss if it's not a right fit. 
And if this student is taking a lot of energy and taking a lot of time, and I'm like thinking about the student outside of the lesson a lot or leaving the lessons feeling really depleted, that actually becomes a loss for me the next month. And it becomes a bigger loss each month that I teach that student because I'm not having fun. I'm not leaving those lessons feeling energized. It's ultimately a drain on my resources. Now, an example of um, something that would maybe increase your income now, but definitely increase your income in the future is like I mentioned, creating an asset or learning a new skill set or making yourself do something that you don't think that you can do um, that eventually will build and build and build. It's kind of like investing your money, right? Like, and you get those returns later down the road. So thinking about short-term money decisions, like solving for the right now, of like I need money right now, it only requires to you, you to use like one part of your brain, right? But when you start to think about the future and the things that you'll need to do to increase your money over time, that's when you actually have these big level ups in the way that your brain actually functions and makes decisions. And that in and of itself creates a better and much more sustainable business for the long term. So let's dive into these six ways that I have increased my income in the past over time. And that I know if you were to take even one of these things and, and implement this in your business right now, that you would be in a different position than you are right now, three months down the line or six months down the line. So the first thing is auto bill, auto pay. And this is one of those things. It's, it, it might not increase your income the very first month, right? Like if you were to send out an email right now and implement a new system where everybody goes on auto pay, it's not going to maybe increase your income right now. And in fact, the time and energy that it's going to take for you to set it all up, especially if this is a big change for your studio, is actually you might go into the negative on this first month, right? But next month and the month after that and the month after that, you are going to save time. You're going to save energy. And also you will make more money. Okay. And let me break this down a little bit for you. So chasing down money less in the future gives you more energy and time to pursue other making endeavors. So this is an investment in your future because while the time and energy uh, input in the first month might be high in the future, it's actually going to put you way in the green. Like it's going to give you back time. It's going to give you back energy because in the future you will no longer have to be manually billing your families or writing emails saying, Hey, you're late past your payment. Hey, I have to, you know, charge a late payment, all that kind of stuff. So a little bit, it takes, you know, an investment on the front end, but it will reap you benefits for months and years to come. The other way that it can increase your income is that parents told me when I implemented auto pay that they preferred it, right? Parents love auto pay. <laughs> I, I've talked about this before, but I am a parent. I have a four-year-old daughter and I am not kidding you. This might make me sound a little bit crazy. I will not enroll her in an activity that requires me to write a check. I won't do it. I just won't do it. Sure, I have a checkbook. It's buried in the back of my closet underneath like things that I never use in a junk pile. I don't even know where it is right now. That's because I don't write very much check, very, very many checks, right? And the times that I have to write checks, it is so annoying to me to go find my checkbook. And sure, yes, I, you're probably thinking like, Ashley, come on, get organized with your checkbook. Just put it in a place where you know that it is. But that's how rarely I write checks, right? It's like once a year or once every other year. And so if someone requires me to write a check or pay on a weekly basis or like do something that makes my life harder, I'm just probably not going to do it unless she's like begging for this activity. And it's like an insanely good music school. And I'm sure that people are begging for your lessons and that you are an insanely good teacher, but don't make people struggle, make it as easy as possible for people to pay you. And the world for the most part, at least here in the United States, I cannot speak to other areas of the world operates on auto pay. 
Okay. That is the easiest way to do it. And so not only does it save you time and energy in the future, it also might actually get you more students in the future. People might see that you offer auto pay and they will likely see it as a benefit as opposed to if you're, if you're like scared of implementing auto pay or you've never done it, you might be seeing it as like this whole, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this change. I don't know if the parents are going to like the change. I might lose students. Da, 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 da. It's actually, it's a huge benefit for everyone involved. So whew, I'll get off my soapbox. All right, let's go on to number two. Uh, number two is to learn how to do your business accounting. And this is something that for a long time just scared the heck out of me. I didn't grow up in a home that was really organized and um, calm about accounting. And so when I became a business owner, I took like kind of this like chaotic, stressful um, approach whenever I would do finances or accounting. And that absolutely was not helpful. And so I want you to think about, first of all, how you do your accounting right now. And if you're sitting there and you're like, um, what are you talking about? I don't do accounting. That's okay. I was you at one point. Um, but I want you to think about taking some steps to implement an accounting system. And it doesn't have to be complicated, right? Like you don't need to go pay. You don't need to go like sign up for a website. It can actually be your own system that you control and that you do each month, depending on where you are in your business. Um, and this again is something that might not actually earn you money the first month, but in the long term. You'll, oh my gosh, you're going to see so many benefits. You will see so many benefits because you're going to actually know what's going on in your business. And then you can make strategic decisions versus decisions that are based in emotion, like right now in this month when it feels like things are slow and you need more money. And so you take on five new students that you don't like, right? So being accountable for your money of what's coming into your business, what's going out of your business, how much are you paying yourself? How much is going to taxes? All of that makes you a better business owner. It allows you to strategize for the future instead of making emotional decisions. So some, some tips that you can do to implement some sort of accounting system, if you're not doing it, one would just be to get a separate business account. And if you are a registered business or like a sole proprietor or an LLC, you can actually get an official business account. But even if you're just like doing business as yourself, you can still set up a separate account, a personal account, right? Just have a separate account that all of your income comes into. So anything that students pay you, anytime you get paid, it goes into this account. And then pay yourself and keep 20% in the account. And if that doesn't work for you, come up with your own percentage. But the idea is you start to see the, the business money as money for the business and you start to see your salary or the amount that you get paid, but you also start to keep money in that account for reserves. This is how someone recommended that I do it earlier on in my business when it was just me and when I was you know, just like teaching my 25 students myself. And it made a world of difference because I always had a buffer in the account. So when I needed to get my piano tuned or pay taxes or whatever it is, you have money in your account. And so you're not frantically looking in your personal accounts for ways to pay those things. So that's a very simple way that you can do it. Okay. Is just think about your business money coming into one account, have an account for it, and then pay yourself from that account and leave some money in that account. You can do 20% in the account like I did. You can adjust those percentages. Maybe your taxes are higher in the state you live in. Maybe you have more expenses. Maybe you have less expenses. You can adjust that number to be whatever you want. Now, if you're beyond that point and you're like, yeah, Ashley, duh, I've been doing this for years and I need, some, I need the next level, I would recommend that you read the book Profit First. Profit First is basically... Um, I'm not going to say it's complicated. It's a, it's a more extreme version of this where you actually have many different business accounts for many different things. So there's like an operations account, there's a tax account, there's a profit account, there's your salary account. Um, and in that book, he actually goes through and gives you 
lots of great suggestions for what the percentage, what the percentages are that you should be working towards. So that's an excellent book. It totally changed the way that I think about my business. It also really helped me realize like how profitable my business actually was, which at the time was way less profitable than I thought it was. Um, now when I first implemented, like every time that I've implemented new accounting systems, it feels like I take a huge hit and it feels sad and it's depressing because I'm like, oh man, that's the amount that's coming in. Or like, that's the amount that I get to pay myself. But over time, tracking those numbers and being able to make tweaks from that place of strategy, it always increases, right? I can always make the best tweaks because I'm not operating from emotion and because I actually know what's going on. So if you're a person that is intimidated or scared by finances, I would say, just do it. You can do it. You are smart. You are capable. Don't allow that fear to keep you stuck because this might be the next thing that takes you to the next level. Right. And so just dive in and just educate yourself on your, on your finances, find someone, you know, the book I recommended or take my tip and just start doing it. You will learn along the way and I promise you will be better for it. All right. The third way that I increased my income over time was that I learned how to make online group lessons really effective. Okay. And this was, this was a couple of different ways that I did it, but ultimately it was, it was a lot of hours <laughs> that I took to figure it out. It was a lot of self-study of how to optimize the platform. Um, and so I used zoom for a long time. So how to optimize zoom to be the most effective for teaching. Uh, it involved, uh, hiring some business coaches. The very first program that I ever did was teach music online. That was wildly helpful in just figuring out how to like organize stuff and how to make online piano lessons in particular really effective. And, yeah, this, this could be, I'm going to, this kind of lumps into to the way number four, but I'm going to say, if you're like, no, I don't want to do online group lessons. This could be, you could insert another skill set here, right? Like any other skill set that you want to learn that, um, you know, in the future would benefit you do it, do it, do it, do it. Always invest in yourself, always invest in your skill sets because those will come back to you 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 fold in the future years. Now, group lessons in particular, um, when I say that, I think sometimes it like turns people off, but I'm not talking about traditional piano lessons in a group, right? Like I've actually, well, that's not true. I have taught kids in a group online. That's not my favorite thing to do. I love to teach adults in groups online. And I also love to teach like very specific topics. So for example, I know I talked about it on one of my episodes recently, but like the secrets to sight reading course, right? Like that was a very specific topic with a very specific promise. And that was super fun to teach. And that's how I prefer to teach online is like, I take one topic and we dive deep into it. Um, you can also, I have taught like beginning piano online to groups of adults, and it definitely can be done. You can teach anything online to groups of adults, but just open your mind because group lessons can be really effective and students can learn a lot. And it's a great way to build something that maybe starts out really small now, but eventually ends up being a lot bigger. And it can continue to grow and continue to grow because the fact of the matter is groups are just a lot more scalable than one-on-one, -on -one, right? Group In a group, when you have a lot more people in there that are paying your fee, that is going to be a lot more scalable than just one-on-one. -on -one. Fourth thing that I did that increased my income over time was that I stopped making excuses for the things I knew I wanted and I started taking steps towards them. And I even touched on this a little bit in my little random tangent in the beginning of this interview, but basically... I want you as a business owner to make a commitment to the things that scare you, right? Anytime you, you feel that fear come up, I want you to go towards it or at least question it 
ask yourself some questions and think about why it's there. Because generally when we're scared, it means there's something worth exploring. And I've done this a ton of times along the way. And in no way am I trying to say that like I always go towards my fear or that I'm the bravest person in the world. That's not, not at all what I'm saying. But just investigate, ask yourself questions when you feel scared. Um, I even, I mean, even with this podcast, right? And even with coaching piano teachers, like this has been an idea that I've had for years. And I'm not going to be hard on myself because it had to be the right time and I had to feel really ready for it. But I had the idea for the podcast and for coaching piano teachers years before I actually did it. And for a lot of those years, I was making up a lot of stuff about why I didn't have anything to say that would be helpful, about why I couldn't do it, about why I had to actually like hit X, Y, and Z target before anyone would listen to me. I made up all sorts of excuses, you guys. And the fact of the matter is that once I started taking steps towards it, everything came into alignment, right? And that's generally what happens. Like if there's an idea that really scares you and it's an idea that's right for you, once you can move past the fear and you can start taking steps in the direction, you'll find that a lot of things start working out in your favor. Okay, the fifth way that I increased my income over time was to create powerful and captivating content regularly. This is huge. Um, it builds like a saving account with interest, right? This is something if you decide that you're going to like create powerful and captivating content regularly and you start today, I cannot promise you that today someone is going to be like, oh, this is an amazing post. I want to hire you as my piano teacher. Probably not. And it might not even be in the first month. It might not even be in the second month because creating powerful and captivating content takes a little bit of time and a little bit of practice to get it, to get the hang of and to feel like you really have found your voice and that you're really you know, confident in what you're doing. But I promise you that it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And since I started my YouTube channel back in 2021, things have not started building, right? And that means it used to mean that I would maybe get a new subscriber on my channel a week or a couple new subscribers a week. And now it means that I get them daily and Instagram followers daily and people commenting daily. And it's so exciting to be able to help so many people. And it just keeps snowballing. And I know this happens with people that are even further, excuse me, even further along the journey than I am, right? Um, it's building, creating content is not something where it's like, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? It's not quantitative, right? It's not like, okay, you do it for a certain number of days and then you get a certain number of people in your audience. And then it, you know, you, it keeps building by that number. The way that it works is that like you start out and it feels like you're getting nowhere for a long time. <laughs> feels like you're getting nowhere for a long time, but then you start to get uh, somewhere. You start to get little bits of traction, little bits of traction, little bits of traction. And then like that traction compounds and it starts to snowball and snowball and snowball. And then the growth becomes a lot faster. So this is something that I would recommend for anyone that has a business. You have to be marketing regularly, right? If you don't have customers and if you're not marketing, you don't have a business. And so creating powerful and captivating content is one of the best ways in this day and age that you can market yourself. So you can work on that marketing, work on your messaging, work on your voice. Um, and in episode 11, I give you some really great content creating hacks that will make this a lot easier if it's something that you struggle with or if it's something that you're intimidated by. Um, and I just want to encourage you to do it. Even if you're scared, I will share with you that um, I get comments now from teachers that are like, oh my gosh, how, how do you show up so confidently? I promise you, it is a journey. It is a practice. It's just like when you're practicing for a recital, right? Like the first day that you open a piece to learn it, you're not confident. There's no way you could perform it, but you put in the work and you put in the time. 
And then you do get to the point that eventually, like maybe you're still not confident performing the piece, but you do it anyway. And that is a lot of my content creating journey. Like it's not that every single time I go to record a video, I'm feeling amazing and I'm feeling confident, but I help myself get to that place. I kind of coach myself to that place so that I can create the video. And the same is true on Instagram. Like I'm not always, and I, I share this in some of my Instagram posts. So you might've read some that are, you know, where I talk about this, but I'm not always feeling 100% confident. It's not always sunny and roses, but if it's a business decision to market and to do content regularly, you do it anyway right? You show up and you do it anyway. And you figure out a way to coach yourself through whatever it is that you're feeling so that you can get yourself back to that confidence feeling so that you can do it anyway. And if you do start, or maybe you've already started and you're feeling really discouraged, don't give up. It's all about consistency. And, um, I like to make the joke that like in the beginning, it was just my mom. It was just my mom and my best friend. They were the only, and my sister, they were the only ones that were watching my YouTube videos. Right. And they'd comment on every video. It's so sweet. I shouldn't tell you this, but if you go back and you look at like my early videos, you'll see comments from my mom and my sister and my best friend, right. They were the only ones watching, but they were encouraging me and they were encouraging me. And I just kept doing it and I didn't stop. And that's what it takes. So Content, it will snowball. And it is something that maybe in the beginning is a little bit of a bigger investment because you will spend time on it each day or each week. And it's, you won't see immediate results, but I promise you, if you don't give up and if you keep honing the skill of making your content captivating and powerful, it will pay off in big ways in the future. Okay, the last thing that I did to increase my money over time, and don't stop listening because I'm gonna dive into this. And I know I talk about this a lot, is that I raised my rates. Okay. And yes, raising your rates immediately could increase your income. Um, oftentimes what happens if you raise your rates a lot is that some people quit. And so, um, you actually like end up evening out and it's not necessarily a huge income raise right then, but in the future, it is for sure an income raise, not only because you're charging a higher rate, but what I want to dive in here more is because each time you raise your rates, sure, you get more money. But the more important thing that happens is you start to see that, you are worthy of more money and you start to become more confident in your new rate. And if you raise your rates and this happens to me every time I raise my rates, I think back to like how much mental chatter I had to get through and how much I had to personally overcome, <clears throat> excuse me, to raise my rates to that new level. That is how it's beneficial that process of you overcoming the mental chatter and you thinking to yourself like, wait, can I charge that much? No, there's no way I could charge that much. Could I, could I, could I? And then you send the email and you tell your students that your new rate is this, and then people pay it. And then you have that feeling of like, oh my gosh, the world didn't fall apart and I can charge this much, right? This is my new base level. And then guess what? Hopefully over time that keeps increasing. And so raising your raises is important, not just because you get more money and not just because it's good for the industry, which I talk about in past episodes, but because it's actually really, really, really good for your confidence and for you and your development as a business owner. Okay. Now I talk a lot about raising your rates. So probably in every episode I talk about raising your rates. Um, but I also talked recently about your money mindset and 99% of the time, Rate raises have nothing to do with how much education you have, what the going rate is in your city. Uh, they have nothing to do with all of the excuses that we think they have a lot to do with. Okay. It has to do with your money mindset and whatever you believe about money will come true. If you don't think that you can charge a higher amount because of X, Y, and Z, you won't. And so you'll be stuck at that income. 
If you do think that you can charge a ridiculous amount of money and you just decide to go for it, guess what? You will find people that will pay it. So what you believe about money will come true. And I, it's episode 14 where I dove really deep into money mindset and talked a lot about that. And if you haven't heard that one, I would highly suggest that you go back and listen to it because it's powerful stuff. It's very, very powerful stuff. Your business growth will always be a reflection of your personal growth. And if your relationship with money is uh, unstable, then your business will be unstable, right? That's just fact. So you all are amazing. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to tell you, you probably have heard by now, but in case you haven't, there is a free community that I created on Facebook um, for piano teachers. It's called the Prosperous Piano Teacher. The link is in the show notes. And we are having a lot of fun over there, y'all. I know throughout my journey, I really had times where I wished that I had a community that was full of like dreamers and entrepreneurs that I could ask questions to or get support and encouragement from. And that is what we are doing in that Facebook group. And so join it if you are not already in there because it's awesome and the people in there are amazing. And you are amazing as well. Go forth, make something happen today, make a big decision or do something that scares you. Move in the direction of something that scares you. Okay. You're amazing. I look forward to talking with you next week. Have an amazing rest of your week. Hey there, thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes and I can't wait to get to know you.